Welcome back to the Generations of Hunt podcast. This is your host, Joe. How you guys doing? Hopefully everybody's doing splendid on this awesome day. Uh, we got a great episode. Not as controversial as last week's, but uh, it's a great episode, man. I have uh, Charlie Bear from Pennsylvania on. Uh, we talk about his last season, how he had a killer season. And then uh, basically his progression on of what to come this year. And then uh, we go into a little details about him starting his own podcast called the origins of of the hunt uh definitely go check that out it's a good one uh i mean great guy man i can't speak more about him man this is a good one uh on the update matt's out there running his dogs like crazy in small gain seasons so that's really fun to look forward to and i've been just doing some target archery so i had my first asa tournament of the year this last weekend didn't do as good as i wanted but that's archery, man. Humbling real quick. So I appreciate all of you guys being here. Uh, if you haven't yet, definitely subscribe on either YouTube or I TikTok, I guess, if you want. I'm not really pushing that one too much. But uh, on Instagram, we're almost at 1,000 followers. So I'm thinking about something for a giveaway. I just don't want to be too cheesy with it, with them giveaways. But uh Definitely let us know what you guys would want given away within reason. You know, I can't give out money blinds or nothing like that. But uh, we'll definitely do like a swag pack or something for a thousand uh, follower on Instagram and stuff. So um, I think that's it for the updates and all that. So definitely hang in there. And, you know, hunt season's almost <laughs> right around the corner now. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. This is the Generations to Hunt podcast, where the goal is to learn together and further the culture of hunting. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Generation of the Hunt podcast. This is your host, Joe, and I got a special guest all the way from Pennsylvania, Charlie Bear. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Man, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, kind of dive deep in the out-of-state, man, and uh, kind of see how your last season went and then, like, the journey of progression and see how you're building uh, into the podcast space i guess so yeah i i i i drank the kool-aid as some some have said and i'm hooked i mean i i really enjoyed just being a guest the first couple of times i was on it seemed like as soon as i shot that buck this year just the the messages started coming in and i was i was nervous at first there's no doubt about it but after the first couple broke the ice and i couldn't uh couldn't be happier with the way it's going and and to be on here as a guest now yeah it's very rewarding. It does take up some time. There's definitely some stressful moments, and uh, yep. and then w when your wife tells you like you're <laughs> taking up another thing, and like, oh yeah, I, I'll make time. <laughs> it definitely goes oh, over yeah. well. But that's like when I my very first started getting into it. She's like, you don't you don't really know editing and all that. I'm like, well, you're pretty good. She's like, oh, so my husband wants to start a podcast, and I'm going to be the editor. So she's she's taught me a lot. <laughs> yeah, my wife, uh, my wife pre, because uh, I'm just a city or 
farm boy. I don't know how to spell and write, so she has to <laughs> proofread all my stuff. I'm, I mess up. I mess up so much. It's so funny. But uh, yep. I mean, kind of give the little uh, sidewalk talk. I mean, like, where did you? I mean, where are you from? And kind of how you got into hunting and all that. I am uh, in Western Pennsylvania, so I'm only about a half an hour from Ohio. Uh, about an hour north of Pittsburgh, so uh, we're considered farmland where I'm at. Uh, not really just a typical region, I guess you could say. So we don't we get some rolling hills, but it's it's more farmland. We don't get the the real thick, deep draws and mountain laurel like that. But I grew up pretty much primarily small game hunting when I was you know first starting out, getting into rifle hunting. Uh, a little bit of flintlock. I got real frustrated, you know as as most 14, 15-year-old kids do after the third or fourth misfire. So uh, I think I was about 22, 23, and a couple of my buddies were pretty pretty big into archery hunting. So I gave it a whirl, and uh, that first year, I think my second sit, I shot a buck about 10 yards on the ground. So I was, needless to say, you know, hook, line, and sinker after that one. Uh, and, yeah, here I am now. And on on social media, which I never thought I would be doing, and and something a podcast of my own, and you know being on guests as podcasts, <laughs> definitely something I I never envisioned. You know when I recording in progress when I first started, you know a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean it's it go it goes you know fast when you start to do episodes on that episode, and then you start cranking them out, and then it definitely helps in the off season, dude. It just you know. And it just, you know, I, I always think about hunting all the time. There's never a time I don't, but like, dude, it, like I'm already, it's already one week after our season's over with and I'm already pumped for it. And I know you tagged out a little bit early, so your season's kind of been at a stall. Well, so. yeah, we were, so I was, I was off work. I was on vacation, I guess you could say last, the, the, the week between Christmas and, and New Year's. So it was our late season. I already had two deer down. I, I didn't go out much. I went out one, one morning and that was about it. But yeah, I, uh, we were me and the wife were out shopping one day and I was talking about deer. She's like, the season isn't even over and you're already talking about next season. She's like, I, I, I'm like, yeah, I need to, I need to get another hobby, you know, something not deer hunting. And it wasn't like a day later. I'm like, Hey, I'm going uh, coyote hunting. She's is that the new hobby? I'm like, oh, well, maybe we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I'm the same way. It's seems like it's it's deer all all year round, and I thought, well, you know, what would be a better way to, I guess, scratch that itch than at least a couple of times a week or something, a couple of times a month, get to BS with somebody else, you know, like-minded guys and I don't know, outdoorsmen in general. Right, and you know, everybody's a little bit different. Everybody skins a cat a different way, and it's nice to yeah. learn. You know, you know, sometimes when you're you know, it's the bottom of the ninth. You're just pulling grassman cards. You know, you're just like, hey man, maybe this guy said, hey, do this. And you know, some guys, you know, Matt, my co-host, he always beats my head about bringing a grunt call and rattling. He's like, dude, just start rattling if you don't see nothing. I'm, I, I don't do that. So, but he's just like, dude, just do it. And yep. it sometimes other people's, you know, strategy work out and all that. So it's really nice to pick other people's brains, like like-minded people. So. But yep. I, I mean, let's go dive a little bit into your season. I mean, how did that like? Did you have any? 
just going into your, I guess your season. I mean, how did it start uh-huh. out and, and all that? And and what time do you guys open up at? Are you, are you guys uh, October first basically open up? Yeah, we are. We're October first. Usually, yeah, first, second, third. It's just first Saturday of the oh yeah of you're... October. So, it, it whenever whenever that falls on, usually you know, like I said, the first couple of days yeah. it seems. So, we uh we get the time of year where you you can get on good deer if you have them patterned. If not, it's it's like you're doing a lot of observation sits in the beginning of the year, I guess. And that's I guess that's where I was and. I had a, a real roller coaster the first three and a half, you know, three weeks of season. It, uh, I was going from getting skunked for a couple of days to seeing a shooter, you know, on two sits and then completely losing them and jumping to another property, getting on another shooter. And that, that kind of mouse game was the first probably three, three and a half weeks of season. And I got a doe under my belt two weeks in and that just, it always feels good to break the ice, you know, and that it wasn't a very exciting hunt. I wish it would have been. I mean, I, I was trying to get some of my hunts on the majority of my hunts on film at least. And, and I was actually setting up my camera arm and I heard her crashing with her falls coming down through. I looked down and she's standing there looking at me. And I had to hold my camera arm with my knee. And I said, I, I, I just, I just, you know, the hunter came out in me and I, I shot her and said, Oh, that was just like the second week of season. And so I kind of, you know, broke the ice, got my confidence built back up and, and kind of regrouped and went to a property where I knew I was, I knew I saw a good deer earlier in the year and in the summer, it was actually where I worked. So I, uh, I was able to kind of scout a little bit during the summer and, uh, and do a couple of sits earlier in the year and got some good intel, uh, from just those sits and, a couple of the other guys I work with were hunting the, in the same area and slipped in. Uh, it was, we had a big, uh, big change in the weather that week. Uh, so where I'm at, we primarily usually have like a, a west or a southwest south wind. And so anytime you can get an east wind or a north wind, it's to me, that's, I mean, you have to be in the woods if you, if you have an hour and a half after work. I mean, that's pretty much what happened that night, you know, with me. Uh, I, I got in to back myself into a, a creek bottom with the wind blowing in my face. Um, so I knew the thermals would, would slowly pull down to me uh, as the as the temperature was dropping. I was, I was hoping. I'm, I'm still learning the whole thermal game. So I don't think anybody but, uh, knows the thermal game. <laughs> I think it's just no. like people like, I threw a milkweed and it went there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then I threw a milkweed and it went. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> so. it, it's it's like sometimes I'm just like, well, I don't know. Then you know, I try to, you know, I did some deep dives on thermals like on YouTube and like hour long video on it. Like after it, I'm like, still don't know. I just get a carry milkweed. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. it, hopefully it goes down where I think it is. But yeah, I do left, definitely love your strategy about going in the creek because I know that one. I think uh, Bo Martinic like taught yep. me that about going in the creek about how it just pulls that water that cold and all that we don't have a lot of, i mean we do have some creek bottoms and stuff like that but like like swamps it, it just like draws it to it so that's kind of why we do it but that's funny you said bo because that's exactly where i learned that uh-huh. from i i've hung I, I i saddle hunt a lot so i've i've literally hung over a, over a creek almost and i have hang-ons that are within feet from from the edge of a creek and that's exactly where i got it from because he's he's a pennsylvania guy too he's um 
he definitely deals way more with thermals out where he's at than I do. That, but, that guy's yeah, an I mean, animal. It, it, oh, is he ever? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely paid off. I mean, I don't – he came in over my left shoulder. He would have been walking into the wind, but he was with two does. And uh, for whatever reason, those does split up one quarter away. Uh, the other one cut in front of me. And as soon as I lost sight of him, I grunted and sort wheezed. And – I mean, he just disappeared, somehow skirted me, and I hear a branch break right before, like, 20 minutes before dark, and he came back from the air the same way that the, the other doe fed off, and he, you know, he came right down in, and he looked at me for about two minutes at 12 yards, and, and I was hiding behind the tree in my saddle, watching him in my viewfinder, because he came right to where that noise was, that, you know, those calls came yeah. from, I, I couldn't do anything. And he finally, he had enough of that, bounded it off and he gave me a shot, but it was, it was low light. And, and my, I have a, I need to upgrade my camera. I mean, it, it has the, uh, the auto focus. Yeah. So it was picking up the trees that were too, you know, and I, I didn't get it on film, but like I said, the hunter came out in me again and I, I definitely wasn't going to let that buck pass. So, yeah, I mean, that's like that's why I was like going to circle back to like why I don't like calling and stuff. Like you're going in their house. If somebody was in your house and if you know if you if you heard something fall from like three rooms away, you know exactly what room that is. <laughs> so when you make yeah. a noise, he he knows where that kind of that that noise was at. So that's like when I do it. But so when he came back, was he on your weak side? Of, you were in your saddle at that, that moment, right? Yeah. So he came in. Uh, so, so I, again, I, when he came in first, there was an, a, a, I think one of those doe had to have been, which was early, but they had, I think they made one of them was hot or getting ready to go into estrus because there was an eight point, a little smaller eight point came in directly downwind to me and he, he didn't even care. I was there. So I don't know if my call was, if he I mean, he, like you said, he came to that bedroom right to that tree, right. but I was hoping he was looking for that other buck that he. I probably thought was the one making that call, uh, but yeah. So he came back in. It would have been like my two o'clock, and quartered straight to twelve, and he just stood there, and his his eyes looked like saucers. And I mean, it, if he wouldn't have looked up, I don't know what he caught. I mean, he might. I think he caught just my bag hanging, or you know something, because that's the only thing he could have seen. I was in a pretty good tree. I, I thought I was broken up enough, but. We, I mean, at end of October, you still had some, you know, good leaf cover, and he just he didn't get that big for for no reason. He knew something wasn't right, and if he would have kept coming the way he was coming, I probably would have, I would have got a shot at. Oh, I think that trail was about eight yards right underneath me, so it didn't work out quite the way I I was watching it come, you know. But it the the final product paid off, so that's all that all that mattered to me in the long run. Yeah. So how far a shot was that? I'm just looking at the he picture was, right now of of this buck, man. He, well, yeah, that was crazy. The crazy thing about him, yeah, it split G3, which yeah. we don't see very often. Oh, you don't and, see on, on this one picture. You kind of can't see it on the yeah, the yeah. one straight on. You can't mm -hmm. see that. And well, what what really threw me off was he. When I first saw him, I saw the split, and there were like four or five little fork four points running around back there. So my first thought was that's what it was. And then I saw him turn his head and I'm like, Oh boy, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a little more serious of a situation. All right.
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had some of the way they, yeah, but yeah. I go ahead, sir. I think, I think the, uh, when I got down, well, when I first shot, I didn't, I heard it, it sounded like a good hit, but I could see him go down in the creek to right to the edge of the creek and just start walking. I'm like, man, I, I know I put that, you know, he was, the, my pro, I had trees and logs marked out, you know, 20, 30, 40. Well, it all started happening so fast. I'm trying to look at which branch, you know, which log was which. And I'm like, all right, well, that's 30. <laughs> and I really didn't, I couldn't find the 40. And he, I, so I thought, I, I knew it was behind him. So I, I just split the 30 and 40, you know, put it right on uh, 35. And when I shot, I found my arrow at 37 yards. So I was, I, I guess it was lucky. But like I said, I knew there was a log out there at 40, not being able to see it where he stopped. So when I shot, he, he didn't react, and that worried me. I mean, usually the first thing I do is call my wife. And I, I didn't even do that. I got down and just right to the arrow. And when I picked it, I mean, it was just painted in blood. So immediately, then I freaked out. <laughs> then I freaked out and started making the phone calls. And Luckily, what was crazy, he didn't, I mean, I hit him a little bit back. I caught lung and liver, you know. I mean, he was. he must have been slightly quarter two. And uh, we found two drops of blood, but he was dead in his bed at 60 yards. Wow. So the only reason we even found the blood was there was, you know, fresh crap right there. And I just happened to hit it with a flashlight and looked right there. And that's where where it must have been where he stopped. And when I I was watching him, that was the last time I saw him. Uh, That was the only blood we found. I mean, he was right. You know, like I said, he was 60, 65 yards away. In his first bed, stiffer than a board. Two hours later, we went into final. Wow. So. Wow. So, what what uh, what arrow did you hit him with, or what kind of broadhead did you hit him with? I was using the. It was new this year. It's a Rec FX4 Rec broadheads, hmm. and it's a fixed blade. So yeah, it's uh, I'm just shooting the Maximus uh, carbon the reds. The red Maximus. And, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Those uh. I've been, I shot uh, Mag, those Magnus Broadhead Stingers. Yep. I shot those a couple years. And I, didn't, I, I didn't have anything bad to say about them, but I saw that uh, that new company, that Rec, came out. I think they've been out for a couple years now. They started, you know, making a name for themselves. So I thought it was a it was a nice heavy ferrule on it, and, and their testing that they showed was really tried and true. And I went, I mean, 37 yards, and it was complete pass through stuck in the ground. Same with my doe. Uh, they were, I couldn't complain with the, the performance on them. I, 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 don't, I don't know the, uh, there's another one I'm looking at this year. Well, yeah, I guess I can say this year now. Uh, the, I don't know if you know the, the annihilators. Yeah. 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 I know the annihilators. those ones. Those in afflictor. Yeah. Those are two that I'm, I'm looking at. So. Yeah. I've heard good things about the annihilators and then, so the one you're shooting is that a that's a single bevel, right? Or is that a double? No, that's a double bevel. Well, that's just like a it's a double bevel, but it has bleeders, bleeders on it. Bleeders, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I think they do make just a single bevel. Okay, I, I think they did. They made that. Uh, and they made an expandable, and then they make the one with the bleeders. Oh. And I'm not. I haven't. I shot Rage for years, and I didn't even have a bad experience with them. I just, I'm. Kind of a gear junkie in a way, in yeah. that aspect. I just, I like trying new things. I mean, there's no reason that it, I, I change sometimes. You know, yeah. I just, 
like I said, I'm a kind of, kind of a gear junkie yeah. in in some senses. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I had like Iron Wills, and I, I was like, they're th- they're sweet, but they kind of they're Bennett, so they kind of whistle or whatever. But I put them on yep. a trad bow, and pff, they're perfect. I love them things. And then on my broadhead, I or on my uh, compound now, I use Severs, and I love them. I mean, there's a time and place. But how was the blood trail on that? Was it was it good or was it kind of? I but I it's always because you get people. Well, why do they didn't have a blood trail well if you just hit liver then it's a different story or then if you double lung it's like it's all about like every shot there's no shot that's the same so but how was in your experience the blood trail on that on that with my doe i honestly she it all happened so fast i thought i hit her high and when i found the arrow it it kind of was it looked fatty almost so it worried me but immediately when i took about three steps she opened up immediately okay. and I mean, I, I double lunged her. Yeah. I mean, she sprayed both. I mean, for a, for a fixed blade, I was, I was very impressed with the blood trail on it, but then my buck now he did push to 30 ish probably. And like I said, I hit lung and liver, but I had two drops of blood. Yeah. But so, I mean, yeah, and he died. It, when I when I cut him open, I mean, obviously he was full. Yeah. I mean, he was internally bleeding, but yeah, I, I don't know if that that was like you said, shot placement. Yeah. If I would have hit him double lung, he might have just opened up like that doe did. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and <clears throat> it's everything. You can't mimic real life because you know it's like I tell a lot of people like just to like get your first bow buck or whatever i mean you got to shoot a deer i mean don't wait for the opportunity for a huge buck to be your first if you can go ahead but guess what your yeah, heart yeah. your heart is going to be doing <laughs> things you never even knew it could do you know so but and like, i've hunted for almost more than i mean almost my entire life and since i was allowed 12 years old and and i i still like to shoot a doe first just break the ice this season yeah. get the knock the rust off and I mean, I'm gonna, I'm a, I shoot my bow, you know, all year long. But for whatever reason, I have target panic when I shoot targets. But mm-hmm. when I shoot deer, I'm, I can, I can keep it cool, calm, and collective when I'm shooting a deer. But a target, I, I'll shoot the first like five or six arrows, and then it'll be good. Yeah. And then they'll start, they'll start drifting. And then I start thinking. Mm-hmm. So I just, I like it to happen fast in the woods. Sometimes yeah. I don't have to think about it. So what, how are those uh, how are those severs work, dude? Have you have you shot anything with them? I've shot. I've heard great things about Fordo this year with them, and one shot I'll admit was a really bad shot on my part. I both deer, uh, both doe, or sorry, so two different times I've doubled up on both times. So uh, out of these four does, they're both were doubles. But the first one, I was so geeked up, dude, because it was my first deer. Uh, I skunked out last year, tag soup on, on does and bucks last year. So, and this was my first time doing public land in a put, spot I'd never been to. I was up in a camp with a bunch of guys. So I shot this one doe and then this other doe came up and I must've misread jar, jar, uh, yardage or something. Cause I didn't have time to re range finder. And, and I shot this doe and it was high and that the, man, the, it was like an ax hole in that oh man like this like the slit was like this wide dude and it was that like that big i mean it had an inch hole in it on on that one and then the other ones had great i I couldn't none of none and i'm not complaining about this but 
none of the blades were salvageable after every shot. So you would have to get the replacement right. blades. And the 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 broadheads did their jobs. I'm not, you know what I mean? Hey, man, if I had to buy new blades, that's all right. I'm not one of them guys that, well, I want to shoot 10 deer with this one arrow or one broadhead. Right. Then I would get that. It's not not that for me. I'm just I'm just being transparent. Every blade was trashed after that. So. Yep. I did notice that when when I shot expandables, that was the only thing they were they were one and done. And mm. I know a lot of the companies even you a lot of them sell sharpening kits for their their blades now. You know the fixed blade single bevels or something like that. But even I think the FX fours, I think, and I know a lot of the Magnuses, they they sell replacement blades, and I'm gonna do that like you every day. I mean, I just to me they do their purpose once, and I'm not gonna. I don't. I I know it takes a lot of time to sharpen broadheads, and I just I don't want. I don't. I the patience for something like that. I just tedious. <laughs> the tediousness. I just. Yeah. I would rather. I'm not shooting like I said. My. I'm not the, the iron wolves are what a hundred bucks. I think. Yeah, six of them was like two twenty with like a little, yeah. little cool little case that came with them. I was like, wow, this is. But yeah, but they're but, really I mean, I expensive. Like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I think I paid like fifty bucks maybe for three, and I shot two deer with them. And I mean, and I could use them again. There's no doubt. But if I didn't, if I wasn't able to use them again, I would much rather be out fifty bucks than. 225 right yeah and it's like it's not like i don't know if you're throwing them away like them ones like i, I would keep them around and no. like do you don't yeah. be my target arrows you know for yeah. my my yeah. and all that and that's what i did with the other two i kept the i mean the blades were all bent up but i mean it, i don't think they will fly any different when they're closed up and i just put the set there's like no. a set screw i don't think they were fly them are mm -hmm. just gonna be my target arrows and i yeah. do like that sever you can buy them individually too but they're okay in so you can buy four, you five, or just two, or whatever. So like, so it's not too bad. I mean, no, you, you don't have to be fully committed then. You're right, and and like I, I did see a company. I don't know which company. It was like a a side company. I can't remember what they were called. I'm gonna try to look it up because it was a cool idea, and it was something like you could you could try broadheads. Oh, like man. they would they would sell. They would like email them to you. You would email them, and and they would send you like a price list. And that's how they started out. Of, of mm -hmm. like it was like probably like the original three, and then they started going out and doing it other places. And they were like, "Oh, we have something here." And I think it might have been like the Hunting Beast, the, oh. their their, uh, their podcast they were doing, and they I think they might have mentioned it. I'll have to look back on it, but it was I thought something like that was a great idea because they were talking about you know Iron Walls two hundred and some bucks for six. Well, if I get a, say I go to Seven Springs this year for their their shot, you know, the, the ATA, whatever the shot show, whatever it is down there, and say I go down to that, and they, there's a booth. Well, maybe they might have, you know, I might be able to use it for X amount of weeks, and then you send it back, and then you know if you like it or not. Right. So I mean, I didn't know that about Sever. That is, that is nice because sometimes I I want to try an Iron Wills. But do I want to spend a couple hundred bucks and not like them? Right. Yeah. You have to buy. It. I think Iron Wills you can buy them singly too. I think you can. Can you? I, okay. I don't remember. It was like okay. it was well, like if one. You can I definitely will look into that? I think you can. I I really think you can because they come in, in like a little wooden case and all that individually, or you can buy. I don't know if it's any cheaper, but I just really wanted that. It's like a little like SKB case, dude. Like 
uh, it's like a little case that they come in and it's pretty sweet and I just wanted to and I love it for my recurve because like I hate dude I'm a clumsy guy I'm really that and I can't put arrows in my quiver because somehow they'll come out and I, I fucking slice my finger on oh. my bag and shit so I have to like take my broadheads off and put them in that little case or I'll cut myself so but uh just to kind of go back real quick i mean there is there like a summer and fall pattern for deer in your area i mean i mean is it like first like two weeks of october i mean i know every year is probably a little bit different with temperature and like that but like is there like a suitable time they're kind of on a pattern and then they switch totally because of the pressure or just food or i would say it's food um like I, I think we talked, you know, before recording that about, it's not, I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to say it's easy to get on good deer around here, but you can get in eyesight and you should, you can get on good, you know, eyes on a good deer if you play the right cards. It's just getting them into that bubble is, you know, obviously the tricky part. And I would say roughly the end of September which is why I say what I said when we started in October, you know, first week of October, we're right on that borderline. If you have one patterned, you're, you're solid, but that pattern is going to taper off very quickly in the beginning of October. Uh, so right around, right after their velvet comes off, you'll start seeing them moving out of the hard, they'll bed more in the hardwoods around and the field edges close to food. And as soon as that velvet starts coming off, it seems like they, they start going into the, the thicker areas and they'll start looking for uh, they'll still come in the fields but they'll they'll stay in their staging areas more often so you'll see them back in like an oak flat like a, a you know a bigger mature deer uh, you'll see him maybe 7500 yards back in the woods on an oak flat browsing while there's a handful of doe in the field and that goes like you said year to year cuz the past two years around me we haven't had a great acorn drop so it seems like the one like that's why I was having such a hard time this year because the places I usually would jump right on deer where there were acorns or certain food sources it just wasn't happening because those areas were dried up for one reason or another, and so I had to start going to other food sources, and and I think if you can learn just not not necessarily their pattern because I mean you can drive by any field around here in the summer and they're going to be deer in it. And everybody will tell you it's like they know it's hunting season. No, they don't know it's October and hunting season starts. So their food source changes. I mean, they don't like to eat the brown, dried up soybeans. So they're going to go find the acorns that are fresh and dropping. Well, if I mean, if you have red oaks around here, they're going to eat them. But if you have white oaks 100, 200 yards away, they're going to be other's white oaks. Mm-hmm. But if the white, as soon as those white oaks dry up, it seems like that's when it starts cooling off. Well, they're going to take the food that doesn't taste as good, but they're going to be able to eat less because they're bigger. So it's just, it seems like one of those things, if you, I, I'm big on historical data. So, I mean, before I had my son, I knew my time was going to be limited and limited in a good way. And I, I strategically, like all through my, my hunt stand app, I color coded like winds. And, and so if I got off work, all right, North wind, that color white, find all my white pins and, and pick one to hunt. So, I mean, going back to those, that is historical data definitely helps if you have the time to go out and scout all year. Just, I'm not saying you need to be in the woods 
you know, 50 weeks out of 52 or anything like that. But if you can just take a walk every, every month or so, you know, in the summer and just see how the food changes and the cover changes. I mean, I know probably where you're at. That's how it is. I mean, October, November doesn't look anything like August in the woods, you know? And I end up fine where all the deer came out of the ones that I shot this year, all came out of what I consider like a green briar. And it's down in the creek bottoms where it's it's still cool. And I mean, I shot my buck on like it was 65 degrees. So again, I tucked right up against that water. And he, uh, I I think he they came out of that that green briar thicket. And they browse on that, and then you know they feel safe in there. So that's just another another food source that when the acorns dry up, I mean, they're not going to be standing in the middle of a field in the rut, you know, looking around. So you gotta you gotta dig a little deeper sometimes. So in in the fields, is it kind of just mostly? Is it rather just corn, soybean? I don't know if you guys have sorghum and all that or anything. Just no, we'll have like a, we'll have a little bit of wheat every once in a while, but it seems like they they pretty much rotate corn and and soybean. So okay. it's it definitely pill, it plays its advantages, you know, for for the deer. I don't know if that contributes to the deer you know the growth because they they obviously love both of those i'm not sure which one i think i would say corn probably may have more protein in it for them i'm not i'm not really a biologist for, you know, or anything like that but uh i would say you do see them in the wheat fields but it's just the same as as the the soybean and the, even the corn as soon as it starts turning brown they don't they don't like being in that corn around you know and when it starts drying up because it's so loud yeah. they don't feel safe they can't, can't hear what's coming and so not in michigan they love hanging out that shit. it seems like they just always in that i mean they will but it seems like i don't know they everybody always says they're hiding in the corn they're hiding in the corn and you'll push that we'll put drives on you know or push the corn out then and a bear comes out usually, you know what I mean? I feel like yeah, that's usually where people kill their bear around here, I think, or, or the big swamps and and, and, uh, and cornfields. And to jump on that, do you do you bear hunt? Do you guys have a bear hunt season? I We have a season. It's a huge tradition. And, yeah. and with my last name, you'd think maybe I'd get into it. But no, I, uh, I, it was one of those things. I just didn't, my dad yeah. didn't do it. And I don't. I don't think he had a reason, really. Yeah. Like I said, we where I grew grew up, we we have bear, but if you go out to like Central PA, out to like the Allegheny National Forest, and they have hundreds of thousands of acres up there, they're bear. They have a lot of bear, and they get they get real big. We get uh, we get a lot of not a lot, but we get more nuisance bears, I guess you could say. I live in a small town, and it seems like we didn't have him. He didn't come in this year yet, but we have a train track that goes through our town. And there's swamp down the road. And it seems like right around Christmas every year, there was a bear running uptown. I mean, it, that's about the biggest excitement, you know. You're, we, we get around here. But I've, I I keep saying and, that I'm going to get into it, but I just, I never have. Is it mostly, no, real, no reason. Is it mostly people running them with dogs and stuff? Actually, no. I, you're not. You can't run them in with dogs in, in Pennsylvania. Oh, really? I don't believe. I I don't think. I know West Virginia. You can. Okay. And but no, and it's it's just mainly like, I don't know. I think it's like a twenty man roster you you can have, and they just they're driving. They're oh, really driving on. bear. Yeah. 
that's that's like the i mean obviously i've known guys have shot them in with a bow and they they were hunting edge of cornfields they knew from trail cameras that they they lived in that area right yeah when it comes to when it comes to uh to rifle they're they're putting on like they'll probably stand five six guys and the rest are pushing Really? And they're just they're covering ground. That's what everybody says. You got to be, you're putting on the miles. I mean, that's in, and they they're in the thickest, nastiest stuff around. So, oh, I, mean, I bet. I mean, yeah, that's a different. Like in Michigan, we have uh, we have like three seasons. I I don't know if they're like eight days or seven days or something, but it's like week one, week two, week three, or something like that. But like the first week, can't run dogs, and then the second week you can do normal and then run dogs and all that. Like I'm not opposed to running for dogs and all that. I'm. I mean, it's time and place. Maybe it's good. I. It doesn't appeal to me. So, right. It, it's just that's uh, how it goes. There's guys I work with. They're they're big into predator hunting too. And that's another thing I've never done until a couple of weeks ago. I went out and the one is he likes. A, he's more what they call a set hunter. He likes to call. And the other one's getting into dogs real big. And he says that is a blast to. He's like it's it's just as fun. Not if you don't even get any shooting in. He's like just the 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 adrenaline when the you know you hear him come. You're watch, they have they watch him on trackers, right. and he's he's like just the adrenaline and there's dogs. He's like it's it's a rush in itself just just doing that. And they've mentioned because I guess they will run bear, and he, he said they've mentioned taking him down to West Virginia for a hunt. Yeah. So I don't I like I said I'm not opposed to it, but it doesn't it also doesn't yeah. really appeal to me. It, it it was like my buddy Matt that does the co-host with me, and he has a beagle, and we just use it for rabbits. And it's super cool to see the dogs work. I like, and they all yep. it's super cool and all that. And it's super like I'm not taking nothing away from dumb guys that you know do all the training. That's a lot of dedication and all that. But you know, you know, some people like spikes and some people like 150. Yep. So I mean, different strokes for different folks and all that. And it is, yeah. So. I mean, if you typically, what's your favorite see like, like season to hunt? Like, even say, would you like early season or that more October pre rut or actual rut or late season and all that? I'm a big fan of. Uh, I would. I guess I could. You would. You can call it pre rut. I call I when you start seeing the seeking happen. You know, it's. It seems like that's where. If you, I'm like, I'm going to go back to the historical data again. Like I, this one spot I've hunted for years, it just seems like every year there's a hot doe. That first doe goes in right in that area. And there's a big, good, mature deer within 75, 100 yards of that bedding area every early season. And he might come through once or twice. He might live there with her. So... It seems like if with for my style at least for I've put a lot of time in scouting and I I note down everything you know and, and keep you know, tablets and you know everything just everything that I can do to to give me a little flashback on if I if I have a brain fart and uh, so yeah I just I don't know it's it's difficult to. Mm. And do you think you kind of like that? Because I think I you I heard on your podcast that you kind of like that time in the woods because it's right before everybody, all the out of staters come in and all that, and start to get into stuff. Well, yeah, because like, like so so the public land around here 
is that way. Okay. If you if you want to hunt the the public land, you have it almost to yourself the first like month, month and a half um, until the rut. You know, right. first of November, everybody takes their vacation, Correct. and then it's, it's you might as well just I'm not saying that. I'm not calling them bad hunters or anything like that. It's just, it's a, it turns very popular, you know, a, a very high pressure, very fast. And it's right when those deer are not wanting to deal with pressure. Yeah, yeah. And it's necessarily the, the bucks that you're running out of there. Yeah. It's, if you run the doe out, you're running the bucks out. Yeah, just... So I'm, I'm big in that, that pre pre rut seeking time, just because I think that the, the bucks are, just like mine was this year. He's he's curious enough to put himself at risk, but he's not full-blown, you know, hauling ass through the woods where I can't get him to stop. And to me, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It is it is a blast to hunt the rut. But it's also very frustrating sometimes when that stuff like that happens. Yeah. So I think that I've had most of my success, I would say, like the 20th through the end of the month of October. Yeah. And then if I'm, if I'm not able to kill anything there, I, I mean, obviously I'm still going to hunt hard, you know, throughout the rut. And I'm, I'm not a big rifle hunter anymore. I've had too many, well, not too, I've had a couple bad experiences with bullets whizzing and it's just, we, we deal with Amish and it's, it's, are, uh, it, there, it's, are you sure you pretty. don't live in Michigan? Are you sure? It, <laughs> it sounds awfully a lot yeah. <laughs> similar. Um, yeah. I, I, I took my bow out this year for the first morning just because of where I was at. I knew if I, no, nobody was be shooting that way around there. And, and then I, that was the only day I went out for rifle this year. But my, I would say if I'm not tagged out, then I'm, I'm late season just because I'm going to dig through those, those notebooks. So there's, you know, my historical data and look to where did I see any kind of green food in, in, maybe January or December a couple of years ago. And I'll start diving into those spots, even if it's ferns or I read somewhere it was today. It might've been Beau Martonic actually. I'm, I'm not sure. It may have been talking about 15 year old. No, it, it's a guy. I think it was Shirk's guide service. He's a big, uh, uh, Pennsylvania. He's like a, on the central part of the state and he, he guides, you know, on public land. And, and he, I don't think he makes much of it. I think it's more of, it's a hobby for him. I mean, I, I'm not, I can't quote anything on that, but he, uh, he said that we have a lot of clear cuts. They do at least out there in the, in the Allegheny National Forest. And that's where everybody says that's where you want to hunt. And that's where he was saying like the 15 year old clear cuts, they'll, they might not pop the, they don't have the green buds on, on the fresh cut, but that's where all the ferns and the, and the green roots are. So you got to think, okay, well, that's probably going to be the only thing green come this time of year. So those are the kind of places that, that I would say I, I find myself not, I'm not holding on to, but I'm not necessarily worried that if I have a tag coming after Christmas, I'm, I, mean, I know it, it turns into almost like it was in the beginning of the year where public land is almost, there's hardly anybody out there anymore. You know, once, once rifle's over, there's you must have it to yourself again. Yeah, I, I love that late season and all that stuff too. I mean, it, but I mean, wh- how late does your season go for? I mean, when's I your? I think 
I want to, I think Saturday is our last day. Oh, okay. So you're, you're yeah. about yeah. The, a lot, most of the people. You're not like, yeah, but see, we, we have like a break. We have like a two week break where you just can't kill anything in Pennsylvania. It's like you can, archery comes in the first, you know, I think it was October 1st this year and goes till something like the 15th of November. And you get a couple days off and the Saturday it used to be, this is another big, big thing in, in Pennsylvania. People, it's a hot topic still. Pennsylvania used to have a Monday opener after Thanksgiving for rifle. And it was just, it was a, a tradition where everybody after Thanksgiving, they went to camp for the weekend. I mean, it was a, such, we don't, we didn't go to school on Monday in, in Pennsylvania. We, I don't even know if they still do, but we, when I grew up, Monday was a holiday in Pennsylvania because it was a first hit rifle. Right. And that that made a lot of people, you know, not not too happy. But then now they give you we're only allowed three Sundays to hunt. So that first Sunday they let you hunt. So they tried to make it, you know, you get two days. But yeah, I mean, it's it goes then and then it, rifles only like two weeks, I think. Yeah. And then it turns you then you have another break. And then you got like the Christmas. The day after Christmas is when uh, you get flintlock and archery come in until until this upcoming saturday wow yeah i mean i just don't i understand the sunday thing but like you would think they kind of would just involve i mean as a pennsylvania resident would you want to hunt every sunday i mean if you i wouldn't can, if i you... don't so i had this i we t- I talked to somebody about one of my guests about this and for somebody like me and i think you might be you might understand where I'm coming from because we talked before we're kind of in similar professions where I work 50 hours a week and have a family. So when I have the time change around here, it happens to be the rut. You know, usually, you know, the first week or so November. So if I get off work at four o'clock, it's dark at five 30. If I decide to saddle hunt that night and self film, which there's what that's how I enjoy hunting. I am very, very limited for the best time to hunt. So uh, quote unquote, best time to hunt. So then I'm strictly down to Saturday and that's my season. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, in certain, like, I do understand the, yes, that I would like to be able to I'm not saying I would hunt every Sunday, but like I mentioned in my podcast uh, with my guests that it, that time change and all that doesn't affect my family life at five 30, my, my wife and kids, they're still my, you know, my, they're awake and I mean, dinner with them. I'm spending time with them. So me going hunting on that Sunday, that isn't necessarily taking away from my, my family time or my, you know, my personal, you know, right. off time. So it's everybody, they, you know, they're going to have their own feelings. It's same. Like I said about the whole Sunday or Monday, not being the first day anymore. Right. I mean, it's, it's I don't and I honestly don't I don't see it going to full time Sunday, and I don't I don't know why I I haven't talked to anybody the right person I guess to find out you know anything any rhyme or reason of what you know why they're holding it back but I don't know it kind of seems like where I'm at people don't take advantage of it it's like they're they feel wrong for the days that they're allowed to hunt like you don't see the you definitely don't see the the, the game lands packed the, the, the road i mean some of those places you'll see trucks just lying down the roads uh, and on a normal like on 
the first first Saturday. Well, I guess it's the second Saturday now, but yeah, it's it's definitely definitely a hot topic in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, as a working guy, you know, that was like a big argument on our last one, and everybody was saying about us taking away a buck tag and all that. They're like, well, I'm the working man. I can't imagine, like like you said, like once that time changed, I go to work before daylight, and I get out before daylight, I mean, daybreak. So, like, so you only have Sunday. I mean, God, I couldn't imagine, because when my season, we're getting into the rut and all that, even after the rut and stuff. Uh, like during December, like every weekend, my wife knows I, I usually take off in the morning. I get home around 11, 1130 and then I'm back out by three, three o'clock. So like, I couldn't imagine you literally taking away four of my hunts or yeah, basically yeah. two of my hunts every, every week. Like, and that's, and that's, that's my only real argument and about it. I mean, I put it in the, that's my. And, and and my neighbor, he might not feel that way. You know what I mean? He might be like, well, I, I, I work six to two, so it really doesn't, you know, it doesn't right. affect my life and I don't want to hunt on Sunday. Well, it's, you can't make everybody happy. It's kind of <laughs> like sometimes when I drive in, in subdivision and I have jobs in subdivision on Tuesday at one o'clock in the afternoon, there's people walking around <laughs> and doing, I'm like, what do you guys do for a living, dude? <laughs> like, how do, what do you, like, you guys just yeah. hanging out, just fucking, I'm like, dude, I wish i got the time to walk around and all that on the on the weekday or i, I got a couple buddies that are like they'll call me like hey you want to go do this i'm like dude it's wednesday at one yeah. o'clock and like no i got work <laughs> like i got two more days of this shit you think I, i'll call you in five hours when i get home <laughs> yeah i know and I'm, I'm probably not gonna do anything <laughs> nope no and then when when the weekend comes i want to hunt but yeah, I'm I'm lucky that my wife. She definitely. I I earn my. I try to earn my brownie points throughout the throughout the year and and try to help out. You know as much as I can. She's very supportive of it. So that definitely definitely helps. And and she does not understand hunting. She didn't come from a hunting background. Her her parents didn't hunt. Her family didn't hunt or anything like that. She never ate deer meat till she met me. And I'm like, what? You grew up in 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 Western Pennsylvania. She's like, well, nobody in my family really did. You know, they just didn't hunt. Yeah. And I'm like, well, and now she, I mean, she loves deer meat. My son eats it. He's, he'll be two next week and he, he eats it. So it's, it's definitely a part of the household. That's sweet. Well, I I think I got some, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't pre, I should have went over with some of these. So some out of the box question, what would be your dream hunt, dude? If you could do anything in the world, no money, no time, whatever, you could go do it tomorrow. So I've actually I have a top three, okay. And number three will be I, I access hunting in Hawaii. I just think that would be oh, the, I, I just think it'd be awesome. Yeah, you know what I mean, I mean the the just the tropical hunting, the the views. Uh, number two is definitely a red stag. They just I've heard the roar of those. They're just so and again the scenery. I mean you're over yeah. like Newfoundland. I mean yeah. it's like where like Lord of the Rings and all that. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like that's just crazy over there. So. That would be, but number one, top of the list is Yukon uh, moose. Oh, okay. Would be my number one archery Yukon moose would be. I don't know if you follow or or, or watch Chris B, yeah. but he uh, he his video just came out. And that that did not help my itch anymore. No. I mean, I know it's. They say you better. You hope you started saving when you were like twenty because they say it's not. 
It is not cheap, especially if you get one. So. No. And uh, do you know who uh, – oh, man, now I, I'm trying to think of his name. Huntmaster, I can't remember. Uh, Greg Ritz. You know who Greg Ritz is? Yeah. Yep. Dude, he went on like four moose hunts before he killed his mom. I'm like, like if he didn't have sponsors or something, I, I was like, I couldn't imagine <laughs> being like the average Joe, literally. And right. I, there's no yeah, way yeah. I could – after the fourth time, uh, after the second time, but no, nah, we got yeah. We're getting the rifle. We're getting the rifle out. And <laughs> yeah. We're blasting. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yep. that would you want to do like a drop camp or would you want to do like a float down the boat or whatever? I think I would definitely want to drop camp. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the whole, you know, backwoods, you know, thing. The only thing that, you know, would, would, the bears wouldn't, wouldn't worry me. The wolves, I wouldn't want those dang mosquitoes. They huh. say that they're big enough up there, and so many they carry you away. Yeah. I'm only, like I said earlier, I'm about 165 pounds, 5'7". So, I mean, <laughs> seeing the size of some of them, they might just fly me away. Those things look vicious up there. There's definitely some Boone and Crockett mosquitoes. And, like, the <laughs> horse flies up there are crazy, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. that's why you have to put everything in game bags super quick because they'll, yep. they'll just lay their eggs and get their larva everywhere man that's crazy yeah. the only thing that scares me because i try to convince other people to do this and like do a drop camp i'm like and they're like i'm i'm a bad salesman i can't be in sales because i'd be like dude it's gonna be shitty dude it's gonna be raining <laughs> half the time we're gonna be wet you're gonna be obviously but you have to have a strong mental like if you go with other people because if, if you both like dude, this is miserable this is gonna be right dude you're gonna hate the whole time but but you have to be yep. like encouraging, but you know, it's going to suck. Cause it's like one of the things yeah. like, dude, it's just going to be rough. I mean, you're out there alone. Fuck. If anything goes wrong, they're like, well, we can't <laughs> you, get to you. You're hoping they come back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like well, I hope that pilot didn't nothing happen to him on the way back because yeah. if something happened to him on the way back, then yeah. who's going to know where we're at. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and hopefully he didn't lose no pins on Onyx or something. Like, <laughs> I, I can't remember. I dropped them. Yeah. So, well, uh, who's your favorite hunter right now? If you have one, I mean, or uh, favorite hunter favorite or hunter. Slug. No. Okay. I have, I would say I have two, I, I guess I could say if you were talking like someone with a page or uh, like a well, quote unquote yeah, famous. Yeah. And then I kind of have one that's not a sleeper, but kind of a sleeper. Okay. So I'll call, I don't call him Joe Retmeester. You know who he is? I don't. He's from the hunting. He's one of the hunting beast guys. Oh, he's like he's not he's not know. around very often. He's on a. He I was think on Kevin's a couple times. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's him. He. I think that he could be one of the most. Not, I mean, underrated because he doesn't go out there and put out videos and and do all that stuff. But when he hunts, that man and he when he and he's. I think he's younger than me. I mean, I I'm not sure, but I started watching him when he first came out of the hunting beast. And the kid looked like he was like 19 then, and he, he was a killer. And that's how Dan Infault met him, just through him picking his brain on the Hunting Beast Forum, like years when Dan or Joe was probably like a teenager. And he, Dan Infault invited him to hunt. He was like, wow, this kid, he, he, he's the real deal. Yeah. And I mean, he's just a hard working kid, you know, guy. And he just, yeah, he's definitely my sleeper that just like I said, a lot of people don't, don't know about him. I, if I could hunt with somebody, he'd probably be, I would say he probably might be my first person that I would, I would go with. But my, someone that's out there that everybody probably knows would have to be Zach Farrenbaugh. Oh, I mean, yeah. like you, like you said, everybody has to have that person that's going to pick you up when it sucks. And 
I feel like I feel like you're gonna have a bad hunt, but you're still gonna have a good time with yeah. him. And he, he and he's definitely a killer. There's yeah. no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. you'd don't, have don't let that if you didn't, if you didn't yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, he uh, he's done some some crazy things, and like I said, it's just uh, they're all around you know spirit booster on a bad a bad trip would definitely it would it would keep you motivated through like through their deer tour you know i'm sure yeah. he you know he definitely a lot of motivation behind scenes i'm sure yeah yeah that's and that's like kind of like half the reason why I, I do this like the camaraderie with these guys is just like you i've met like some of my best friends and all that now like come from just meeting hunters out like we went to a deer camp this uh, open their week or, and some of the guys I talked to, I talk to these guys almost more than my family. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and it's, it's, I don't know if you've, if you followed or know, uh, like the, the backcountry PA podcast. Yeah. I, I, I've listened to a couple of them. Yeah. So, so the, uh, the, I guess he'd be like the founder, I guess you call him Cody. He is, uh, I think I've talked to him more since I started following him than like people I live right down the road from that i are friends with you know what i mean like it just seems like i i find myself we've talked for like probably six eight months and just just it just i became a, a social media friend that i i call a friend you know and, yeah. and it's, it's what happens i mean heck even you and i we've talked we talked before even you know i think we talked before you asked me to be a guest about yeah. a couple of days before about going to the the harrisburg show yeah and just you know, meeting up, and that's something that I'm still trying to, you know, decide if I'm yeah. going to go. Like I said, it's it's only like three yeah. three hours away, so I mean, I could go down. It wouldn't even be a bad for a day trip. But I looked yesterday, and there were still a ton of rooms down there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, this community is like it's almost it's weird because like sometimes you think like wow, this community is so amazing, and then you see some of the dark side of it, and you go. The oh yeah fuck <laughs> like oh yeah i thought we we're all the same team dude i thought we we're both hunters oh. but obviously fucking not because my my foc on my arrow is under fucking 600 so obviously i'm not i'm not i'm not <laughs> yeah. ethical hunter because my arrow ain't 600 grains or whatever so i don't know yeah. i'm sorry dude <laughs> and i how dare you use a a, a, a mechanical broadhead oh my yeah i know <laughs> how unethical i mean like that's yeah just, what you know. if it didn't deploy well what if you don't what if you hit him in the in the you know stomach with a iron well it's not gonna do anything. no you know I mean? it... yeah like oh like the deer i'm four for four on that broadhead and that was a new broadhead yeah. and like how dare I like uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's just, just like, and I don't know how we get that to go the other way. Uh, that's a whole nother podcast on itself. Uh, you can't, where did it come from and dude. how do we get it? To, like, when did it start? No YouTube. And, when it, when YouTube started, I uh, guess, I don't know. It's archery talk <laughs> forums, dude. Don't, that's the birthplace, yep. the forums. The, I don't know. It's, it's like, like I've never had a, like, I guess I've had one, but like, I never had an anti hunter like reach out to me and talk shit. Right. It's always right. been another hunter talking shit. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, like, oh man, it's crazy. How about this? Even, even my boss is that way. So I shot my buck this year at work, and everybody there is like, holy shit! Like that's, a, it's like I told you. He's, I'm, I'm guessing he's gonna break 140 around here. So that's. A, that's a, I think that's a monster. I think, I think that so, anywhere's. I don't. I don't know where. Yeah. That's not a good deer. I, 
I mean, I'll give him credit. He didn't see the deer in person, but he saw the pictures. And the first picture was like all on me holding it. And he's like, well, yeah, of course, it's going to look bigger if you stick your arms way out. Oh, I'm my like, God. I'm like, my arms are bent. My, oh, yeah, he made it look a lot bigger than it probably was. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about your 15-inch spread eight point that you shot. Like, yeah, I don't care what you shot, but like. I shoot the biggest buck of my life, and he's like, "Wow, the picture." <laughs> okay, appreciate it. I can't remember. Uh, do you know who the working class bow hunter is? Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was uh, Ross Bigger, or I can't remember. Like one year, they shot. He shot a two hundred inch buck, and he took a picture straight arm, and like <laughs> they were like attacking him about it, and I was like. Bro, it's a 200-inch deer. Yeah. <laughs> like how? And he's like, and it's like when the deer's that big, what do you you gotta put it? Uh, you, you can't fit it in yeah. a frame when you do it like this. I mean, uh, yep. even if you do it like this, dude, you fucking. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I, don't know. I just saw a picture the other day. It was like a, I think it was like a nine-pound bass or something. And, and I was reading the comments. Somebody was like, "Oh, hold it out a little further." And the next comment was. You can't hide nine and a half pounds. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's still like nine and a half pounds. Like, he's not like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Look at this. Like, this looks like a bowling ball in his stomach. <laughs> like, yeah. It just, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know where it started. I, I just don't, unfortunately, I don't see it no, going and the other way. We just had a podcast, like, about that one buck state, and Elliot yeah. was talking about, like, the worst people are going to be our own. It's going to be, that's it what's going to, that's what, it's not going to, it's not going to be some guy that eats tofu. It's not going to be a legislator, a senator or anything else. It won't be, it will be the guy that. And I, I almost runs. think that they know that now and uh, they're oh, just yeah. letting, uh, like, they're just like, oh, we're just going to let them take care of themselves, you yeah. know, fight amongst themselves. So they just backed out and I, I, there it goes, oh, man. I'm All like, we can do is just keep, keep doing what we're doing yeah. and yeah, hope for the best, I guess. Yeah, I just get it. Hopefully, you know that's my whole goal of this podcast is just maybe get somebody new in the woods and help them out, make it, you know, find the love, you know, because I kind of was like I hunted when I was younger, but I never got anything or and kind of fell away from it. And then I was like fucking twenty two, and I was just like, man, I really want to get close to my dad because we really didn't have nothing in common. And the only thing he did was hunt in NASCAR. I was like, well, I should do the do the hunting thing. <laughs> and so, and then I like did it, and then I actually got a deer with my bow and stuff. I was like, holy moly! I, I kind of oh, I feel robbed. Like like yeah, like because I didn't do it when I was younger. I feel you know people are like, oh, you must have been hunting your whole life for this. And I was like, dude, no, not really. But it, and that's the thing. Like my my dad was against archery hunting. Oh, like. He comes stick hunters, like all they do is wound deer yeah. and yada yada yada. Well, it 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 sealed the deal for me because we were out seven eight years old, and we walked up on like a hundred and sixty some inch deer, probably with an arrow sticking in the back of his neck. I mean, it was carcass and all. And he turned around and says, "That's exactly why we don't archery hunt." Well, at eight years old, you know, I'm like, yeah. "Oh, I don't want anything to do with that." Right. Well, once I grew up, and I'm, you know, I'm like, "What the hell is that?" You know, this is. It's actually the way for how far, you know, equipment has come. Yeah. And now I look at all the idiots out there with a rifle. I'm like, <laughs> I'll take my chances, you know, with my bow and right. in close range. And where, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's like, and like, 
I'll be in like some uh, archery shots that have gun shops attached to them and stuff. And like, I'll be hanging out there. I mean, I think it was like two years ago. I was hanging out with my one buddy at the archery shop and it was a lot of people busy and I'm glad they were busy, but there was people buying guns. I was like, man, what the fuck? It's November 14th or 15th, or 15th is our opener. And I'm like, you're buying a gun on the 14th? He's like, yeah, just bore sight it for me. I'm like, that's not that's not how it works you know that's not yeah. that's you, you, whatever dude like, you've probably seen that meme it's like archery season you see that meme and the guy's like looking out the i forget what movie that is the guy's looking out the window and he's like i reckon it's time if i go fix and try that bow out yeah yeah, like yeah. better like get the guy out. that's like oh tomorrow's opening day archery i better go make sure my bow's still intact yeah yeah you ever seen the one where it's like like five arrows but they're like foot spread he's like all sighted in baby <laughs> 20 yards good to go yeah good i'm good but man i really appreciate you coming on here I, oh i do have one more question what's okay. your five-year hunting plan what do you think in five years that you, there's something you want to accomplish in the next five years even if it's something just simple take your kid out one time or something or what's what would be some five years goals from you if you can see yourself in five years yeah i definitely you hit the nail on the head because five years from now i'll put my son at that's seven so he i'm hoping he he takes on to the the hunting yeah. side of it he he definitely he goes in the basement with all my hunting stuff and goes right to, to the orange hat and vest and he has to put it on and my my, my one backpack's hanging there and he always wants the flashlight and I'll shut the other side of the basement off and he's, he, he's looking for his blood trail. So like you said, yeah, I think that's definitely, uh, definitely one of them is to hopefully get my, my little, my little guy involved in, in the outdoors. But, uh, as a personal goal or, or, you know, something, I, I think it would be, I want to start getting into the out of state hunts and I want to harvest a, you know, at least I would say in five years, I'd be happy with two mature bucks in two states. And I don't even know if that necessarily mean my home state. Uh, Ohio is obviously going to be one of my top ones. Like I said, I'm so close. Uh, but I, would, I wouldn't mind venturing out to like Indiana or something like that. Hoosier National Park. I, I've done a lot of e-scouting there. So, uh, yeah, I think at five years for me, I would, I would definitely say two mature uh, whitetails in, in, in different states would be would – be, it, it might be setting a little high goal, but – I mean, you know, that's what they're set. For, you know, that's yeah. why you got to set them high. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you got to work hard. I mean, I mean, look yep. at this past season. You tag out next year. You tag out any earlier. You might have to go. You know, to Ohio, <laughs> and then you're gonna have to go. And once you tag out of Ohio, guess what? You're gonna have to go to Indiana. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I, October twenty seventh, I tagged out with my buck, and. I beat myself up and I just, I didn't feel prepared because I never stepped foot in Ohio to hunt. And I'm like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be prepared. I'm like, just go. Yeah. And the next day I'm like that. And the fact that I, the reason I didn't go is because I kept second guessing myself. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Just, just regroup. You had a great season. Just pay back to the wife, you know, just, yeah. you know, take the, take the time off her. Cause I'm like, they, I kept telling her they hunt till February third in Ohio. Yeah. She's, and she's just like, Yeah, that's that's nice. And <laughs> I started thinking, I'm like, Yeah, you know what? You know, I she was supportive and and yeah. let, made that happen for me pretty much this year, you know, holding down the fort at home. So I was like, Yeah, I'm just gonna give her the payback, let her take a little time off and, and, yeah. and be Mr. Dad for, for the rest of the winter. 
Nothing wrong with that. Nope. Like I said, I really appreciate you coming on, man. I've, you know, I've never been to Pennsylvania and I just wanted to hear. I mean, it almost sounds like home to me. I mean, yeah, that's like I was going to say, I've never been to Michigan, but us talking about it, you kept saying, are you sure? It sounds like it's, uh, it's not too far off. And, And in all honestly, I don't, I don't know where you're at in the state of Michigan, but I don't think, I don't think it's that far of a drive. I mean, no. just go up across, you know, the Lake Erie, you can run probably like, what is that, 90 or something. I don't know if 80 goes where it goes. But... No, I, I, and then you shoot, you'd probably shoot 75 up. I'm in the dead center of the state, basically in between Flint. I, I'm, I'm in Flint, like outskirts of Flint, but it's easier right. on a map. And, <laughs> and, and it helps with my property taxes because they're so low because they're Flint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, basically they're very center of the state and stuff. So, yeah, it's not okay. too far of a drive. So I wouldn't yeah, recommend coming up not. here because they're not – not too big of I mean there's nice bucks don't get me wrong there's always yeah. nice bucks but we got... that's the thing people are like oh man I, I want to come to Pennsylvania I'm like well if you come to Pennsylvania where I'm at there's not that much public land and good luck get on private land I'm like so you got to go two and a half hours east to get to the big big land so that's when people I've talked to people from out of state and they're like oh man I want to come hunt I'm like no you you need to talk to the guys in the central part of the state because it's just not the land to bring out of towners in. I mean, I, I don't have a problem sharing my land, but I mean, heck, I'm not hunting on big tracks myself. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I can't promise you you're going to yeah. shoot 130 inch deer when you come here. Right. So. Yeah. It's just like some, and you know, we can talk about it all the time. Just like some people just don't see behind the seat. All they see is your photo. All they seen was yep. your photo of that 140 inch buck. And they go, wow, I want that. Well, yep. they didn't know how many times you sat there with the binoculars, how many times you drove by that property, how many times, how many cameras you put out, or yep. I, I don't know your regiment. They don't yep. see that, and they and they just want the end result, and it's just not. There is people that are lucky, and I'm lucky. Yeah. I'd rather be lucky than good sometimes, but they oh, don't yeah. see the thousands of dollars we do or oh, th- yeah. thousands of hours we put in on just silly stuff or sacrifices like, and, yeah you know just yeah. like well i only have you know getting out of work and you're like oh, i only got 30 minutes of daylight but i really need to do this and this and you you do it or you know i just take the long way home you know on the way home in the summer everything just if it takes an extra you know half hour just to hit a couple fields on the way home and yeah are you lucky and people will say hey well that's not that much well then why are you doing it why are you not putting yeah, in the work exactly. like and all that and I don't know. And it's even good just like drive by the, the the public land that you can see if there's vehicles and everybody's like, well, they're not hunting in August. Well, I understand that, but I'd like to know if there's people walking the trails or <laughs> people are running dogs yeah. or people are riding bikes or people are fishing over there. Yeah, the, deer, oh. <laughs> the deer don't know that yeah. they have a gun. They're not going to go. Yeah, that guy yeah. has a, you know, that guy has a fishing pole. He does not hunt. I mean, that, yeah. they go, fuck, that's yeah. human. I'm out of here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate this. So if anybody wants to go check you out or your podcast, where can they go to find you? I am on Instagram, uh, Charlie Bear, and B-A-E-R, the last name there. That's my personal page. And then uh, the podcast page is The Origins of the Hunt. Uh, that's also just on Instagram. So, yeah, I mean, I really appreciate uh, you having me on. I feel like we could have sat here all night and, and just BS, but we have 
we have stuff to take care of and lives to live. So yeah. we'll hopefully catch on and, you know, for I'd sure. love to have you on. Yeah, love to have you on mine sometime, man. Yeah, for sure, man. But I'm gonna I don't have a catchphrase or whatever. So I'm gonna let you do yours. <laughs> I need to figure one out. So if you if you can get one for me, it's something it's gotta be like up to the next generation or something silly. I'm I've been yeah. working. So to close it out, we'll we'll do yours. Cause I love yours. I love yours. Yours is yep. great. Yeah, I, I always finish off my the, the slogan of my podcast and I always finish it off with just thanking everybody for tuning in and and uh, always remember to keep learning and never stop learning.